do 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 Making your way in the world today takes everything you got. This comes to us from Jordan Maywood. Next up, we have Jordan. He's going to tell a joke. We got an answer for Jordan Maywood. Yes, Wood May. Hello, this is Penn Gillette. The possibility exists that if I were to actually listen to the Liberal Cube podcast featuring host Jordan Maywood, I could potentially enjoy it. Eh, I'll ring an endorsement, I guess. Potentially enjoy this episode, which will start after the other half of my magical comedy duo, Teller, gives us a countdown. Take it away, Teller. Hello, welcome to the Liberal Cube. Uh, my name is Jordan Maywood and I am the lackadaisical Liberal Cubicleist. This show is a journey into the inner recess, I love recess, of my mind. So you can experience the media and things, things. I have vicariously, which is a nice, smart sounding word. I will try as I often do, to stick to the timer for the reason that I have a segment that I know is going to take a while, so other segments will have to take shorter to make up for it, is my theory that I have. It's a working theory in progress. Folks, I should say some of the things uh, of this episode you may not have experienced yourself, one in particular, Stranger Things... Uh, I could uh, potentially spoil for you, so I warn of that possibility. That's probably the most likely one. I'm just sort of taking a quick glance at my list. Um, yeah, the, that, that's probably the most troublesome thing that could be spoiled is Stranger Things Season 3. So, uh, you know, once we get to that segment, uh, maybe skip ahead uh, five minutes or whatever. There you go. There we go as I push this button. Ladies and gentlemen. you some things movie monologue today no movies wow i don't know if it's a first but it's a very very rare that i have no movies so i'm doubling up on the internet intercourses because the internet is just just bountiful it's always bountiful in its profundity oh man lots of big words today i don't know what's going on with my brain but it seems to be working well or working good yeah let's let's dumb it down a bit my brain work good Making Sky Oblivion. Oh, I almost forgot. Today's double. See, look. Hey, I spoke too soon. Today's double internet intercourse sponsor is Gamer Girl Bathwater. Thank you for that sponsorship. Item the first. Making Sky Oblivion, bringing Oblivion to Skyrim. Yes, uh, so this is a cool thing. I think I maybe have heard about it over the years. It's sort of creeped into my consciousness somehow. But uh, there's a, a there's a group of people out there. And this is just one example of this type of group of people uh, who will take a video game uh, and, and then after the official game has been uh, released, we'll, we'll take the assets of that game, we'll take the storyline and, and continue it on 
um, not necessarily with the uh, w w with the permission of the original creators of the game. Although in this case, it's an interesting thing that the sort of legalities of it. Uh, so basically, this group has taken the uh, uh, Skyrim, the video game Skyrim, and decided they want to recreate uh the the game oblivion in that engine in that skyrim video game engine if you're unfamiliar with video game stuff this might not make sense to you and i don't have time to explain it so i'm very sorry but basically they're trying to take an old game and put it into a new game and have it look uh, you know as, as pretty as the new game does yeah yeah that's, that's a good summation i'd say um the, the one of the cool legalities is this is not uh, illegal because what they're doing is replacing all the old assets with their own created ones so right now uh, the only way you could play this if you're working on the team that's helping to make it uh, and once uh, basically what they have to do in order for public consumption let's say is they have to replace all of the assets with ones they themselves created so that, that's kind of a cool thing so uh, if uh, Bethesda makers of both of those games found say a, a, a character model from the original game in this game that these people are making they wouldn't like that but if they find one that is totally recreated from scratch, apparently they're okay with that. I, I'm sort of surprised they're okay with the whole thing, but maybe it's the fact that they've realized, because sometimes big companies don't seem to realize this, that people who do things like this are good for your game, are good for your brand, are good for your company. So uh, it's a very, very cool thing. And, and it's something that I plan to sort of keep my eye on because uh, it would be an amazing, and th they're adding a lot. Uh, it's just an incredible, dedicated, not getting paid to do this work that these people are doing. So uh, my hat's off to them very, very much so. Okay, uh, dinner with Don. Oh yeah, Don Rickles. Um, must have been like right before he passed away uh very very sad he went on a series of dinners with comedians and they just do what you do with don rickles and sit around and be funny <laughs> uh, and, and just a delight to see him interacting with funny people and and they all sort of like just oozing reverence for him uh very very cool to see and i liked it uh, i know the timer's gonna run out so i have to do these quick uh funhouse until dawn gameplay yeah uh until dawn was a game that i was sort of kind of was interested in but uh i i, I decided against getting it it, it seemed like a, a more of a virtual storytelling interactive story which because i play video games while watching movies and tv for the most part uh those sort of things don't often go hand in hand because it's hard to do both at the same time uh so i was very very happy to see that the good people over at funhouse were going to do a playthrough and uh, quite often with games over there and i think they base this mostly on views which makes sense from a business standpoint uh they'll they'll start playing a game and then i i guess when people start watching them play that game they will stop playing it which you kind of got to do now either people are loving this which is what i hope or they don't care <laughs> and they're just gonna play the whole freaking game from start to fishing uh start to fishing fishing oh let's hope not boom uh start to finish uh and uh, it's been a delight to see funny people play through a horror game. Uh, it, it, that's how I like my horror games. Like, I watched... Uh, uh, what have I watched? A, a normal difficulty play uh, Outlast. Uh, I watched uh, PewDiePie play 
uh, uh, Resident Evil 7. Like, I, I like watching people joke around while playing scary stuff because it cuts <laughs> something about scary games over scary... Uh, like, I, I can't play them. Like, my heart gets going and, like, I start to sweat. And it's like a visceral, physical reaction when I play scary games. So, I like watching people play them. Um, and, and Funhouse does it, perhaps, better than any others. Huh? Uh, Why Won't You Date Me with Nicole Byer. Uh, yeah, a new podcast I just added to my podcast listening repertoire. Uh, love Nicole Byer. Uh, I, I think I could probably put her in the category I have of people, which doesn't sound like a good thing, but let me continue on with the sentence, uh, of if this person is in a thing, the thing will be good. Yeah. Uh, I don't think she's ever been in a podcast, on a, on a TV show, on a anything where I haven't thoroughly enjoyed her. So uh, I, I don't know why it took me so long to hop on her podcast, because I, I, I did know about it. Basically... Uh, the, the title's a good and apt description because we're trying to figure out why she doesn't, uh, she has not yet found love, which, man, uh, it, it seems like an amazing, uh, uh, super, super funny, just oozing comedy uh, woman, so I, I don't know. I would date her, uh, although I am married. But the missus doesn't listen to this podcast, Nicole, so, <laughs> uh, and you obviously do, right? Uh, uh, oh, yes. Uh, okay, so uh, we're out of time, but uh, I'm going to throw an honorable internet mention. How could I not? To Belle, De Belle Delphine, excuse me. Uh, yeah, uh, sort of exploding on the internet uh, uh, lately from my perspective, although I record these uh, quite a bit in advance, often, as is the case. Uh, yeah, basically, this uh, internet uh, girl <laughs> from Instagram, and did she actually play does she twitch stream i i actually don't know uh um she really i really really like her because she uh trolls yeah trolls i don't even know if that that's the word that is most often used to describe the, some of the things that she does but i, I don't think that I, I i think she just does things that combine being funny shits and giggles sort of stuff i'm just going to use the word stuff uh with uh, uh, trying to make a living using uh, uh, the assets she has been provided. Yeah, yeah. And, and more power to her, and uh, I hope she continues on with things like uh, having a bath and then selling that bath water for $30 a jar. <laughs> Just, you know, for uh, an example of a thing you could do. By the way, my bath water goes on sale tomorrow. Gamer man bath water. Huh? Today's television talk sponsor is Stranger Things brand three-inch doorstops. Thank you for your sponsorship. Yes, as I mentioned, Stranger Things season three watched it in a day. <laughs> uh, yeah, very very good uh, season. I liked it a lot. Uh, came out uh, not too long ago from my perspective, so, uh, it has been available, uh, for a while from yours, but, uh, you know what, this falls into the category of the same thing as The Last Avengers, uh, Endgame, was it Endgame? Yeah. Uh, where I knew 
if I didn't watch it fairly quickly after it came out, spoilers were going to start trickling in. Uh, and I feel like this is the type of show where you don't want that to happen. Uh, so, you know, warnings of, of, of that ilk make sense. Uh, yeah, so uh, the, the kids are a little older, a little wiser. No, <laughs> maybe, maybe. Uh, and uh, this uh, this season, uh, this is sort of the, the spoiler, the bad guys, other than, I, I guess, your, your typical... Uh, 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 you know, supernatural type uh, uh, under... Oh shit, what is it called? The Underground? <laughs> yeah, the Stranger Things Underground. Uh, uh, the Underneath? The the Beneath? Ah shit, I can't remember what it's called. Anyways, the bad stuff there has taken a change and the, 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 the sort of human element bad stuff is in the form of Russians, which is interesting because of course this is taking place during the Cold War, right? Back in the 80s, this is still? Or have we moved into the 90s? I, I, I think we're still in the 80s. Uh, so you got Russians, which are, of course, evil. <laughs> and, and then you got the evilness, which has upped its evilness by being able to uh, take over the bodies of people. So it had a very strong uh, 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 D&D changeling i would have thought but uh, actually i've also realized they use the term mind flayer in this uh in the first season of course uh there was the sort of connection with the demigorgon which uh, is interesting because that is not a super popular or i should say was not it probably is now more in terms of D, &D a demigorgon was not a super popular monster just sort of period uh it didn't get used a lot there wasn't a crazy amount of lore about it but this season uh they've moved on to comparing the the evil uh, uh, it's not magic obviously uh, well is it obvious the the evil monstery stuff comparing it to um mind flares which is very very cool because those are very popular in fact uh the most recent uh, baldur's gate game which I, I think i've spoken of already on my on this podcast my sort of desire to see that come out soon uh, baldur's gate 3 is going to focus a fair amount on mind flares in fact i played D, &D yesterday and uh the campaign has had some hints that there will be mind flares as well so uh very very cool because mind flares have the ability Kind of, sort of, kind of, sort of, not 100% in lore, I guess, uh, to take over the bodies of others and sort of inhabit them. So uh, this has that layer, that, that sort of creep factor of you don't necessarily always know uh, who is good and who has been taken over, uh, which is always a, a, a good thing in media, I, I find. Like, two, 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 two things that are guaranteed... <laughs> this is going to sound dumb, but there's two things, yeah, uh, that are guaranteed to really up tension. Uh, it's the possibility of not knowing who is uh, real versus who is um, has been taken over by whatever means. Say, uh, in this, it's by the quote-unquote mind flayers. Say, in the movie, uh, The Thing by well the titular thing <laughs> the titular thing uh or the, the 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 second guaranteed tension builder is anything on top of a train <laughs> which is actually going to come into play actually in a second which is uh, kind of interesting so the, that that's our connection between this television talk and the book of banter which will happen now oh folks 
Is that the best segue I've ever done? Probably. Probably. Conan, the librarian. Don't you know the Dewey Decimal System? Today's book banter sponsor is the Iron Girder Brazier. Thank you for that sponsorship. Uh, okay, yeah, uh, as mentioned, a little bit of uh, uh, in this book called Raising Steam by Mr. Terry Pratchett, there is some fighting atop a train. Yes, yes. Every time I ever see anything uh, where there's something on top of the train, I always think... You could have a chess match on top of a train and it would make it exciting. There's just something about it. It's the speed, it's the danger, it's the sound. The it's the possibility of tunnels, <laughs> which does happen at one point in this book, I should say. Uh, yes, uh, okay, so I see this is the 40th Discworld novel. Um, as I always like to mention, whenever I read a Terry Pratchett, uh, uh, just because this is a good sort of life lesson, uh, he's my favorite author. He passed away... Uh, you know what? Let's see. Because I got the Wikipedia open, so I could just right-click on his name and then open up a second page. And he passed away in 2015 uh, at the age of 66. So, so very sad because such a prolific writer. And uh, when that happened, I didn't stop reading his books. Uh, but I slowed down to the degree that I would read maybe one a year or so. Uh, and the reason I did that was because uh, I knew there would be no new ones. There would be no more Terry Pratchett new novels in the world because, well, he was passed away. So uh, I didn't want to get to that last book and then have no more to read. Uh, then something happened. Something clicked in me where I realized I occasionally reread books. Uh, so... I was sort of depriving myself of the fact that I could get to the end, and I will say now I, I've got one book to go, I do believe, uh, if my figures are correct. Uh, so once I get finished that last book, all I'm going to do is start right back at the first one and start rereading them again um, whenever I want, because every, I don't know, three months or so, uh, when I want a really good read, which these are consistently, I don't know if I've ever given anyone five out of anything other than a five out of five, some six out of fives probably in there. Um, so I've, I've sort of not been living life, not been living life. Uh, and uh, I hope you uh, take that advice uh, if you are, ever find yourself in a similar situation. Hey, life advice. Why not? Uh, it starts with Moist von Lippwig. Yeah, uh, so he's the, uh, the the main character in that. Although this, this you know what, this uh, Terry Pratchett book had a different feel to some others. Uh, I kind of get the feeling, and, and maybe this is true, maybe it's not, that he... He did know he was uh, uh, going to die. He he, uh, he knew he was going to pass away. Uh, and I kind of get the feeling that in this book, he was trying to throw in uh, a lot of fan service. So normally with a Terry Pratchett book, I almost feel like they stand alone and you not having any experience with the world could just pick one up uh, and read it. And there'll be things in it that are nods to previous books 
but uh, but nothing that would where you would lose your excitement and your and your amazement at reading a, a terrific book. Uh, how, however, in this one, uh, the fan service was so much so that uh, he almost delved a, a little deeper. It felt like into individual characters from previous books to the degree where. Uh, if I were going to recommend Terry Pratchett books uh, for someone who'd never read any, I definitely wouldn't say this one. Now, for me, I'm giving it a 5 out of 5 because I friggin' loved it, uh, because I have read all the previous books. But uh, I, I think this is the least likely starter book, which, you know, it's the 40th book in the series. It, it sort of makes sense. But the, the other thing about Terry Pratchett books, which he's sort of famous for, is there's not really a necessarily chronologicalness. Oh, how about that for a word? Uh, to them, so like, uh, the, the each book will focus on a different character, and it's not necessarily chronological. Yeah, we'll just boil it down to that because we're out of time talking about chronological stuff, and we're out of time. Ironic, maybe. Today's game, Gavin sponsor is Blue Method Pharmacy. Thank you for that sponsorship. Okay, yes, uh, so this is the reason <laughs> that uh, this will be a long episode. I will, and have, and will continue to do so, actually. Uh, read recaps of games D&D sessions that I've run. I've uh, read D&D recaps of sessions I've played in, which is what this is. Uh, and this is session number one of a new campaign I just joined. Uh, so far, uh, we had session two yesterday, actually, so I'll write the recap to that hopefully today, and that'll probably be in the next episode. Anyways, uh, it's going very, very well, having a lot of fun. Uh, I, I know I mentioned um, when I did my sort of session zero talk of this that the DM has been DMing on and off since 1979, so that's sort of an incredible resource for me to take advantage of as a player. <laughs> no, uh, it's been very, very cool. Uh, there is the, the nervousness I have, <laughs> I guess I will just say, of uh, 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 being old school, uh, famously old school D&D &D is uh, a lot tougher than I'm likely used to, so I have some worried over the safety of my character, Oxford Britannica. Uh, anyways, uh, one thing uh, that has been cool that has sort of came of this, which I, I almost feel like maybe I will continue going forward uh, with other characters, although I guess I can't when I'm writing recaps from a DM's perspective. Huh, I'll have to think about that. Anyways, uh, the uh, the DM suggested I write my recaps from the point of view of my character. So uh, my character, uh, you can listen to a previous episode where I read his backstory. He's a gnome wizard, just to boil it down a little or rather, a lot. Um, so, okay, let me uh, begin. And I uh, do this from the point of view of uh, uh, writing in a uh, diary, diary entries. Although I have something called the Alchinary, which you can read in my backstory. It's basically a dictionary uh, of all things, an Alchinary. So uh, I'm using that in place of a diary. Okay. <clears throat> 
Uh, and I, I will say, this being session one, I, I threw in a bit of story world building kind of stuff. So uh, they won't always be this long. <laughs> but again, this is why I said this will be a long episode. I should have got a drink for myself, by the way. Oh well. <clears throat> again. In my 499 years on this planet, if... Oh, that's not a good start. If my 499 years on this planet have taught me one thing, it is to expect the unexpected, which by definition is impossible, so you may as well not even try. Sir Baylor has graciously allowed me to travel to the settlement of Nightstone for the purposes of studying the ruins of a megalith that has appeared there. Little did our field trip know that onion-like layer after layer of opportunities for knowledge accrual would prevent themselves. Uh, before... I get ahead of myself, let me describe our band of travelers. I will preface this by saying that, admittedly, my desire to teach and impart knowledge extends beyond just those who currently are my students. And I will have to also admit that from time to time I may not exactly recall who actually are my students. So if I just treat everyone the same, that is one less thing to remember. Uh, Nadrina Nimblenose is, like myself, a gnome. Also, like me, she has a curiosity. A curiosity that made teaching her a delight. Her talents led her in other directions, and perhaps a certain roguishness... She's playing a road. ...has come through, but I believe... But I believe that curiosity has remained. She also has a fine nose for a fine wine, and where I have often thought of food and drink... As just things to keep my mind fueled, she seems to have developed an appreciation for the finer things. Ushul Riverstorm has a mind I envy. You may think that someone who has spent a lifetime in search of knowledge would be incredibly intelligent, but the truth is, I know a very little about a very lot. Pause that. Did you hear that in the distance? <laughs> Uh, you know, very but the truth is, I know a very little about a very lot, which gives me the illusion of being very smart, whereas Ushul has so devoted his mind to the druidic arts and nature that I could spend hours delving its steps. And I often have, to I hope, his not-too-great annoyance. He can be gruff and rough and is never one of my students, but Sir Baylor clearly saw something in, it, in him. I have a theory his desire to protect the region in which we all cohabitate is so strong that Sir Baylor knew in the days ahead he would be a terrific ally. Noctis Galathorn once I found subjects that he liked to study, he would soak them up with zeal. A zeal that has clearly served him well in his goal to join the ranks of the Holy Order of... I didn't write it down. And become a paladin. Uh, the journey we took together took... Excuse me. His young life... The journey we took together through his young life was often rocky. But the pride I feel as he turned into the man he has become is strong, just like he is. I worry about all my students, and my worry for Noctis is that is one that I myself had to overcome. It's great to have the discipline to know the scientific name of every flower, but it's also important to stop and smell those roses from time to time. I hope he can do the same. Uh, Noctis's squire... 
Duna Pale Wolf, some other mounts, Beast of Burdens, and of course, the desk. Uh, yes, uh, you could read in my backstory. Uh, I have a uh, sentient desk that I sort of ride around on. Uh, Horse-like, kind of, sort of, kind of, sort of. Pictures available upon request. Uh, which I write this on round out our party. Even with the comfort afforded of an ambulatory roll-top desk, my weary bones were glad to make camp. When I awoke from a deep sleep, I was greeted by the news that during the night, a statuesque stranger had made her way into the camp in the middle of the night. Celise is somewhat barbarous, she's a barbarian, in appearance, but she seems friendly enough. She cooks a mean squirrel. Uh, when it was decided she would join our party, at least for the time being, I of course asked her to fill out the proper paperwork, but I've just noticed there is not much here other than some scribbles and some mud stains. At least I hope it's mud. I will have to delve further into her story as my favorite side product of meeting people is hearing their stories. Stories which can help. Scories stories oh sorry let me scroll stories which cannot help but be filled with interesting information and knowledge from what i can gather so far although my short-term memory is not at its prime she is on the hunt for those who have wronged her specifically in the form of mind flares a giant and giant purple yak men who seem to be working in conjunction uh, Sir Baylor will no doubt want to know her full story, so I hope it will unfold as we travel together. Uh, Celise's path coincides with our own, so perhaps we have been brought together for a reason. Further kismet is a brief confrontation on a small wooded path with a beaten and bruised and not too happy paladin named Sir Roland, who, judging by the severed hill giant ears affixed to his saddle, has had quite the morning. Uh, he has he was not in the best of moods, but did warn us that somehow, some way, hill giants appear to have organized and are actively attacking towns. Between this news and Celise's, it seems when it raised rains it pours and actually those giant ears look like they would make good umbrellas mental note now on the one hand these are both things sir baylor will want to know but if there's one thing i have learned about him over the years it's never to assume he does not know something his scouting network is unparalleled oh boy in this region and he likely already knows also he would not be too happy if we came back not having fulfilled our purpose of investigating the monolith. Plus, truth be told, I'm really curious about it myself, so we set off once more. The hypothesis that bad news comes in threes is not one I have ever wanted to test. However, after noticing that some quicklings appeared to be tailing us, entering a town, that has a missing druid having dwarves chop down a tree to nearly crush us to death and having a group group of kobolds target me specifically in an attack i think anecdotally at least the three part is inaccurate the devil is in the details of course at first uh scrolling oh boy 
at first, I thought, based on the description Nadrina was able to provide, that it was the Fiegel, <laughs> speaking of Discworld, really tying things together, who were following us, which would have been curious, of course, but not necessarily dangerous, as long as you stay out of their way. Then, when she mentioned their speed was such that they could seemingly disappear, I became a little more worried, as it is still curious, but a kind of curiosity that kills cats. Uh, the town of Miller's Hill is on a hill and has a mill, hence the name. I am not a great judge of the age of humans, so I will just say middle-aged or roughly 40 years old. Uh, that's an in-joke from the game. Uh, one Jolana pleaded with us to help. Uh, Noctis did not seem to care about the misfortune of those not nobly born, so I may have to inquire more into that. Regardless, a consensus was eventually reached, and we realized the impact the loss of this druid would have on the region, and an impact Sir Baylor would surely want to avoid. After some negotiation and some delicious sur surely non-flatulence-inducing bread, uh, we head into the woods. Yeah, so the friggin' bread that they gave us as part of the payment to go save a druid made us all fart. The frig. I will admit that the fact that the druid may be found in an ancient temple that is reputed to be at the epicenter of some powerful ley lines is also very intriguing to me. No good deed goes unpunished is another saying, and after rescuing an owlbear cub from a trap and then nearly being crushed by a falling tree, I'm seeing some anecdotal proof that that is an accurate saying. Idiot dwarves Millie and Billy clearly do not have a career as lumberjacks in their future. I managed to dodge out of the way just in time, but Celise unfortunately took a mighty blow. Even when I confronted the dwarves in their own language, all they offer in recompense is a few swigs of dwarven booze. For shame. Just when I thought the day could not get any worse, here I am, riding along, when out of the corner of my eye I spot a blue streak, and b before I know what hits me, I am thrown from the desk, in a puff of explosive blue force. At first the blue made me think of the quicklings, but once I was back on my feet, it turns it was kobolds, not ordinary kobolds, as they appeared to be under the influence of some sort of narcotic, if I am any judge. Strangers... Of all, it seems they are pleading with me to use magic on them, which I oblige with a splash of acid. Side note, if metal etchings are hard to make out, a splash of acid can really bring them back to legibility. I digress. Uh, the rest of the team make short work of the kobolds, including Noxus uh, mightily affixing one on his lance. Before the final kobold was dispatched, I made three attempts at finding out some, you guessed it, information. But despite observing it all, the magic it carved, uh, it craved was uncooperative, unintelligible, or both, and at my age, three attempts is about all I can afford, so Nadrina ended his very short life. By this point, we had arrived at the location of the missing druid's camp, and not much in the way of clues could be found, but we took the opportunity to use it for our camp for the night. Little did we know, during the night, some mischievous forest, forest spirit has spirited, that's the name, into our camp and magically painted our faces. Though some ritually cast magic, I was able to determine 
to determine that at least our faces would not be permanent, but for the next couple of days or so, I would look like a horrifying and evilly bearded gnome. Nadrina's features would be distinctly mouse-like. Ushul would easily blend in with any poison mushrooms he might come across. Selyse looked like a barbarian of a different ilk. And perhaps worst or best of all, Noctis would spend the next few days looking decidedly feminine. <clears throat> I intend to pull forth a silver lining from this experience and gather information for how others may treat me based on my appearance over the next few days. A, teachal, a teachable moment I hope we can all benefit from. After breaking camp, we find no clue what could have done this, so decide to head off to the Forest Temple in the hopes that at least we can accomplish something. After Nadrina reconnoiters, a plan is formed to entice using magic any kobolds inside through the front door we, where we can all attack en masse. Uh, tactics prove the winner of the day as we make short work of the kobolds who were in the initial room of the stone building. Who knows what lay deeper inside, but I know I am certainly curious to find out. Uh, so yeah, that's uh, that's the end of that uh, session one story, and obviously there was a lot there that will not need to be said in other ones, so uh, you know, it, it won't always be that long. I just... It really flew from me, so... I like, oh yeah, I did, I did put this little thing as well. Okay. S since we're here and we're talking, uh, I, I, this is going to be at the end of all of my entries. Uh, so I'll, I'll just read it this one time and then going forward, I won't read it. Uh, Dearest Alshanary, if I could live forever to fill your pages with all the world's knowledge, I would. It does not take a genius to realize that is very unlikely. So, when the inevitable happens, I want you to move on and find another. Um, equally dearest whoever finds this book, should you not wish to take up the mantle of this tome of all knowledge, all I ask is that you try to find someone who does. So my thought there... Uh, and this is sort of an out-of-game uh, thing that uh, I hope to work out with the DM, should my character ever die. Uh, any new characters I create, I so will carry this book with them. Uh, just, you know, I, I like to have a connection between the characters I play. So that is what that is. Today's internet intercourse sponsor is Nexus Rocket Fuel with Brent Buttertron. Thank you for that sponsorship. Okay, uh, so yeah, the, as mentioned, we, we you know what this is like an internet intercourse sandwich. Uh, no, no, wait, I hate when people do this. This is like a television talk book banter game Gabin sandwich on internet intercourse bread. Yeah, that's that's what this episode is. Oh boy, that might be the title. We'll see. Uh, yeah, so uh, double the internet intercourse. Uh, first, we've got uh, WTF with guest Brent Butt, which it was a goddamn delight to hear as a Canadian, of course. Big Brent Butt, <laughs> Brent Butt fan. 
one of the very first, when I got on Twitter many, many years ago, one of the first people I ever tweeted at was Brent Butt. Why is that a hard name for me to say? Uh, and he uh, tweeted back. Now, you know what? I remember exactly what it was. Uh, or, well, not exactly. <laughs> Take out the word exactly. I remember what it was. Uh, uh, so he was talking about tour dates or, or something to that effect. And I said, uh, when will you be playing... Uh, uh, you know, this bar in my incredibly small town that I grew up in. And he said, uh, yeah, I'm coming there, uh, 10 shows, <laughs> matinees. Uh, like, he, he made a funny joke about it. Uh, and I remember it to this day. Although, apparently, not so well. Uh, uh, so uh, that was fun to hear. Uh, it was also interesting to hear Mark Marin was apparently at the time, um, he recorded the show opening while he was in Hamilton. Which, uh, if you're a Canadian... Uh, who lives anywhere in Ontario, probably, and, and maybe even other uh, uh, b -b -b provinces as well, you may have heard of Hamilton. It's not the nicest place in the world. No offense, Hamilton. Uh, it, it's just like a like a, a factory city, let's say. And I will say, and, and this is sort of a funny thing, whenever I go there, the direction I come from means I drive over this giant bridge. It's it's probably the biggest bridge I've ever driven over as you sort of enter the, the, the main city, and there is a smell. <laughs> a distinctly, especially in the summertime, if you, if you open your windows, there's a distinctive smell to Hamilton that is not a good one, <laughs> let's say. And it was funny because uh, Mark was sort of uh, ribbing on it a little bit as well, so it was interesting to hear him make some jokes that uh, most people probably have no idea what he's talking about but if you live in this area of the world you probably know a little bit about the lovely city of hamilton it's a fine fine place that has a weird smell sometimes anyways let's move on to uh oh yeah uh, adam savages tested yeah um so just added this to my uh, uh weekly watch list uh it, it's a delight i love adam savage I, I don't know why i sort of have never came across this uh, he's got a youtube channel and he does adam savagey cool stuff uh makes stuff builds stuff explains stuff uh he's just a really really cool dude who you know what we put a nicole buyer in a category i'd probably put him in that same category and also one of people who are sort of famously nice uh adam savage so i like that very much uh also people who are i, I think famous for being nice at least i've seen much evidence of this fact uh is uh, Stuart goldsmith who recently celebrated uh, the 300th episode of his podcast the comedians comedian podcast uh if you're unfamiliar with that one it's uh him sitting down with fellow comedians and talking about the art and it is an art of comedy uh from quite often very technical it'll get uh but it'll also delve into the whys into the more ethereal whys of of why people do it and 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 I, I like how it sort of uh, goes back and forth between folks. I was going to use the word vacillates, but uh, I, I feel like I've used too many big words, and uh, I'm, I'm sickened by them at this point. It's too many. It's it, The abundance of them is recalculous. <laughs> there you go. That makes up for it. Uh, so, so that was cool. Uh, what they did for that uh, 300th episode is he had a bunch of comedians interview him. So the tables were turned. Uh, I, I like a special thing 
at a, a milestone episode. So every hundredth episode of this podcast, I, I did a little something different, as you will see soon, because this is episode, you know, what episode is this? 495, so five to go, and you'll you get the real exciting, almost impossible to watch episode 500 coming up. So there you go. Uh, next we have uh, Inside of You with guest Rain Wilson. Yeah, uh, I always knew he was a bit of an odd duck. Not in a bad way, uh, in an interesting way. Uh, 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 totally normal people are often totally boring people. <laughs> so Rain Wilson is not that, I can verify. Uh, shoot, I should have wrote down what uh, religion he practices. Uh, it, it's it's one I've only vaguely heard of. Um, but, it, but it seems fine. It seems uh, one of the non-hurtful Buddhist-y ones, you know. Uh, so to see him uh, sit down with uh, Mr. Michael Rosenbaum was very, very cool. Oh, you know what uh, I liked about this as well? Is both of them are coming to Fan Expo, uh, from my perspective, uh, next month. Um, so that, that's very cool. And uh, I'm, I'm probably I'm, I'm going to get both of their autographs. I, I really got to plan this year because there's so many amazing people coming this year. This is probably... Uh, of all the years I've ever been, there's never been more autographs I've wanted. So I don't, I gotta make sure I got enough money, first of all, because they ain't cheap. Uh, and then time, and it, it, it's gonna be a thing this year. There's, there might have to be choices to be made, but uh, I'm debating getting both of them um, because I'm a big fan. Uh, and Michael Rosebaum, fellow podcaster. Hey, I could say that. In fact, I've, this is 500. What is he at? Like 40 or 50 or something? Come on. Come on, kick it up a few notches, Michael Rosenbaum, who's a very, a very good animated, um, clearly cares interviewer, like excited to pull forth information is how I would describe his interview style. Uh, okay, uh, ran out of time. Uh, we're already very long episode, already at 45 minutes, I see. Anyways, we'll go a little longer, uh, uh, because for some reason this one's coming out well, I almost feel like. Weird. Uh, so we've got a cribs-ish uh, video from Alana Pierce of Funhouse. Yeah, uh, we, we the, there you go. That that furthers the bread of this. We had a Funhouse in the first one, and now we got a Funhouse in this. She's the newest uh, addition, I guess, to the Funhouse uh, crew. Uh, incredibly funny. Uh, I don't know yet if I can put her into that Nicole Nicole Byer category of everything I've seen her in. I've like uh, I, I could say it from a funhouse perspective. Every funhouse video I've ever seen her in, I've thoroughly enjoyed. But I I, I don't know her non funhouse work uh, so well. Maybe I'll maybe I'll take a delve into it if I can find anything. Uh, I know she's been in the in the biz for a while. Regardless, uh, it was there's something about uh, like cribs I did like. Uh, and, and this was kind of a crib show where she just, uh, minus the <laughs> some of the dumb parts of cribs, where, uh, and I almost don't know why I like this. Uh, it, it's people showing me their spaces. Yeah, like 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 a, a tour of their room. Uh, this was a tour of her uh, uh, bachelor apartment, a tour of her uh, gaming setup, a tour of all the 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 nerdy uh, figure figurines and and statues and and, and paraphernalia she had. And it's just kind of a cool thing to see how what the the stuff other people have, which is maybe not a good thing that I like seeing other people's stuff. Well, you know what? I don't feel jealousy of not having their stuff or some of the stuff. I was like, yeah, I, oh man, I wouldn't like. She had a really, really cool Majora's Mask. Of all the things she showed, that was the one that I would steal from her home. Beware, Alana Pierce. I will steal your Majora's Mask. Oh, uh, okay. So, uh, I, I see the last thing I'm going to do is 
I, and the, uh, this will happen, when should I do this? Okay, so, uh, uh, just before the end credits is when I'll, I'll put this, because it's something I have to uh, manually put in. I made a, or do I have to? Oh, no, I don't. I could push a button. Yeah, maybe we'll do that. Uh, no, 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 I'll, I'll put it in manually. Oh, wow, these are things that I should have thought of and not <laughs> put in a long episode. Who cares? Uh, yeah, so I, I've got an upcoming D&D project, let's say, without giving away the name, that I've sort of been working on. Um, that post-episode 500, I'll, I'll probably be focusing on that a little bit. Uh, there's still going to be episodes, but we'll, we'll talk about that in episode 501. Anyways... Uh, it's going to be more video related than, uh, audio related. Uh, we'll definitely talk about on the podcast. So for that project, I created a theme song and I'm very, very happy with it. So what I decided to do to tease it here is, uh, uh, we will finish this episode and then I'll, I'll paste it in and then, uh, the theme will play. So that's what's going to happen now when I push this button, folks, we did it an incredibly long but very, very fun, if I do say so myself, episode. And I could feel I really need a drink after talking so much. So uh, I'm going to do that. But I'm also going to say that it's nice to be nice to the nice. Done and done. And I mean done. Done and done. <laughs> I like Ron. D and D from A to Z spells for you and spells for me. We will see what we will see today. Locals galore and monsters roar. Nerds adore forevermore. Let's explore some ancient lore. Hey hey. This is the end of the show. A sincere thank you for listening. Time to plug some things and I do not mean buts. You can like us on Facebook. You can follow Jordan underscore Maywood on Twitter. You can subscribe and comment on iTunes. Lastly, if you would like to contact the podcast, you can email jordan.maywood at gmail.com. I would like to conclude that I am not a robot and that I have a theory. I've got a theory that it's a demon, a dancing demon. Nah, something isn't right there. I've got a theory. The best is yet to come, and babe, won't it be fine? You think you've seen the sun, but you ain't seen it shine. Wait till the warm-up's underway. Wait till our lips have met. Wait till you see that sunshine day You ain't seen nothing yet The best is yet to come and be Won't it be fine The best is yet to come Live long and prosper